What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through some of my top sell high players heading into week seven of the NFL season. I'm sure you guys know the drill by now, selling players at their peak. Maybe they've you know outperformed expectations the past few weeks, or maybe they're just coming off a spike game. We wanna move off of them before their value kind of falls back down to reality. If you guys wanna run some trades by me, you know, maybe you have a player that I listed as a sell high, you wanna run an offer by me, you can drop those down below. I'll make sure to respond to every single person. And then any other questions, it could be start sits, it could be waiver wire, other trades. I will answer all of those questions down below. It just, if you are commenting, do me a huge favor and just hit that like button. And then if you aren't subscribed to the channel, you can subscribe also, it really does help me out a lot. But let's jump into the first sell high player and it is going to be Brian Robinson. And if you guys are someone who watches like all of my videos throughout the week, you may be wondering why I have B-Rob here listed as a sell high, because he is someone that I've talked about as a strong waiver wire pickup basically every single week, you know, heading into his uh, debut in the NFL. And I think it's fair to like someone as a waiver wire pickup when they're just sitting out there and free to get, but also list them as a sell high. So I stand by having him as a waiver wire pickup because now I think we have an opportunity. He's now on our team. We're able to upgrade somewhere else because we did pick up Brian Robinson off of waivers. Through two games in the NFL, I feel like we have a pretty solid idea of what B-Rob's role is going to be in this offense. He's going to be an early down grinder. He's going to be getting short yarded situations, and he's going to be getting work on the goal line. These are all the uh, snap percentages from the Thursday night football game against the Bears. So Brian Robinson had a 47% snap share. That was a nice solid bump up after his uh, week one game. He took 58% of the early down snaps. He took 100% of the short yardage snaps. And then he also took 100% of the goal line carries. This is a solid role if you are a good offense that's putting up a lot of points because you're able to be efficient on the ground. You're also able to, you know, have a lot of touchdown opportunities. This is kind of a spot where this is what people expected J.K. Dobbins to be with the Ravens. Now he hasn't necessarily lived up to it, but this would be like the role he had um, later on in his rookie season where he was getting a decent amount of volume, but he was scoring touchdowns. That's where this role can kind of work out. It's a really tough role to rely on when you're on a bad offense. And so far, Brian Robinson has just had no receiving upside. He ran less routes than both J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson on Thursday. So it's not even a thing where it's like, maybe we make the argument he can earn more opportunities. He doesn't have just one running back to kind of overtake for that receiving work. He would have to overtake two and I just can't see him overtaking McKissick. We never saw Gibson be able to do that. And then I even think Gibson is just a straight up better pass catcher than Brian Robinson. So that's just not a role that I'm expecting him to kind of, you know, overtake here. And like when I say he's not involved, like he's running very, very few routes when you look at that snap share. He had zero third down snaps. And then he also had zero of the two minute drill snaps. So he is very locked into that early down short yardage, goal line situations. That is what his workload is. But I think after that Thursday night game, we're going to be able to push his 17 carry workload and then also his touchdown score as someone where we can move off of him. Because I think moving forward with that workload on the struggling commander's offense, I feel like at best, he's like a fringe start. Like you probably throw him in as a flex. He's a solid buy option. But I mean, this is a guy where if he's not scoring a touchdown, you're looking at five, six, seven points a game. 
And I mean, how often are we expecting touchdowns out of him? Maybe every other game. He's just not someone I'd want to be relying upon every single week. But I think someone's going to see him. They're going to see that high carry number. They're going to see the touchdown. Obviously, he's had an amazing story. So he has been, you know, kind of pushed uh, to maybe more common fans where if he was just a standard commander's running back, he wouldn't be getting the attention. So I feel like he has a big name at this point. And we even heard Ron Rivera kind of talk after the game about how they shouldn't have phased away from Antonio Gibson so much. So I still think Brian Robinson is going to be the early down guy. But now you have the head coach talking about basically like the third used running back, how they don't want to phase them out of the offense. I think this is going to be a very, very gross committee. So if you're able to offload Brian Robinson for like a potential top 24 back, that's something I'm very interested in. It's tough to just throw out singular names right now. I did my rest of season rankings last week. So if you guys just want to scroll through there, if you just drop a few options, I'll tell you like, yes, no. Do I like those as trade options? I think he's someone to move off of. Maybe if you have stacked running back depth, he's like a throw in piece to have a big uh, upgrade somewhere else. But those are my thoughts on Brian Robinson. Now we're going to move on to another running back that I'm selling high on, and it is going to be Daryl Henderson from the Rams. He was operating as the Rams clear-cut number one with Akers out. At this point, it kind of seems like Akers is done with the Rams. I'd be surprised if he's back. I could be wrong. But I mean, even going from the idea that Akers is done, I still think Henderson is a solid sell high. In this game without Akers, Henderson saw 12 rush attempts and three targets. I think you will be able to kind of push him onto your league mates as the Rams running back one moving forward. I mean, all season we've been talking about this committee. It's Akers, it's Henderson, Akers is gone. People will probably assume, okay, Henderson's going to be the guy moving forward. He's not going to have the same competition and he will be a solid running back play. I think this role he has right now is wildly fragile. I feel like this could disappear very, very easily. I mean, even just looking at this game, Like I said, Henderson had the 12 carries, three targets. The other running backs in that room combined for eight carries and two targets. Those running backs were Malcolm Brown and Ronnie Rivers. So these are just like basically complete randos coming in, like not even like having Henderson phase them out of the offense. I think it's just a very, very fragile situation here with Daryl Henderson. And so if I can move off of him right now, that is something I'd be interested in. I would be very surprised if the Rams aren't bringing in competition whether that's a free agent running back, maybe they get Kyron Williams back soon, who they do like. He could be someone who eats into Henderson's opportunities. I just think from what we've seen so far with this Rams team, with the backfield, they don't view Henderson as some sort of super strong play. They don't view him as an irreplaceable option. I mean, before this past week, Henderson had basically been phased out of all the groundwork. Like the last three weeks before this game, he had 11 total carries. So he was just not involved on the ground. And not only was he not involved on the ground, he was not involved on the ground in favor of Cam Akers. Over five games, Cam Akers carried the ball 51 times for 151 yards. That is 2.96 yards per carry. Now, obviously, yards per carry doesn't tell the whole story. It's a flawed stat, but that is unbelievably bad. And Akers was deemed to be the better option over Daryl Henderson. So I would just be throwing up straight offers. Now, if you're in a super sharp league, I'm not sure any of these are going to get accepted, but just guys you could buy low on like ETN, Connor, Singletary, Mostert, you'll probably have to throw in another option. But if you're in a more casual league and someone just sees, all right, Rams running back one, some of these other dudes are in committees, just throw those offers out. I would even be taking less than those guys, but I think those are solid starting points. You know, you don't want to sell yourself short if someone is going to overvalue Daryl Henderson. 
So once again, if you have offers, you can drop those down below. But I think it's very important to move on from Henderson because I feel like he basically went from like a waiver wire pickup to now being viewed as a starting running back. And as soon as next week, he could just be straight back to like that waiver wire territory. Now we're going to move over to the wide receiver position for the final two sell highs. We're going to start it off here with Brandon Ayuk. And this definitely does seem like the textbook sell high, but I still think he's someone we need to talk about here. He comes out in week six, has by far the biggest game of the season, really his first big game in general. He catches eight passes for 83 receiving yards and two touchdowns on 11 targets. So just a monster performance out of Brandon Ayuk. And even after this, I still can't confidently say that Brandon Ayuk is someone that I'd be want starting in my lineup or that I would want to be starting in my lineup. Like thinking about the uh, wide receiver start sit I'm going to be doing uh, tomorrow, like he's probably going to fall in the fringe territory. And I feel like you're just going to run into this situation where he comes off a big week, you feel obligated to start him, and then he goes back to his standard, you know, four for 50, five for 50, five for 60, like what we've been getting over the first few weeks. And this is not a situation where I don't think Ayuk is talented, where I don't think Ayuk is good. I think Ayuk is a very, very talented player. I just don't think he's in a great situation here with the 49ers. You're on an offense that's pretty run heavy, doesn't have great quarterback play out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you're surrounded by other stud weapons, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. It's just not a great spot for Brandon Ayuk to be in, and it's not a great spot for him to be a startable option in your standard 10, 12-team leagues. Before this massive boom week, he was averaging 9.5 points per game through 5. That's just not cutting it at the wide receiver position. So I don't think he's someone where you're going to trade him and bring in just like a stud straight up, but I think he's someone who can be used as a nice throw-in piece. You guys know I love those two-for-one trades with guys that you don't really trust in your lineup. So maybe you want a running back upgrade, a wide receiver upgrade. You take a really solid running back, a really solid wide receiver, throw in a Brandon Ayuk, and then try to jump up like a tier to get a better option. So that's what I'd be doing with Brandon Ayuk. And then the final sell-high player is going to be someone that I've actually listed as a sell-high previously, and that is going to be Alan Lazard. And I think at this point, Lazard has established himself as a solid start. I think he's someone you can plug into your lineup on a weekly basis and feel solid that he's going to give you some sort of production. But even with that, I still think he is going to be a solid sell here. On the season, Lazard is averaging 14.5 points per game. And when you hear that number, you're probably thinking like, why am I selling this dude? This dude's putting up really strong production. That's like, those are wide receiver two numbers right there. And then the last four weeks, the lowest performance he's had is 13.5 points. So the man has been producing. He's also received decent volume, 6.8 targets per game. Nothing crazy, but when you're looking at like fringe top 24 territory, it's not bad. I think when we really have to dig in deeper here with Al Lazard, we see that a lot of that production is coming from touchdowns. He's scored four touchdowns in five games that has really elevated his fantasy production. And me just saying, you know, like four touchdowns in five games, that might not seem like a wild number, but when you're looking at it in terms of Rodgers passing touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers has thrown for nine passing touchdowns. Lazard's caught four of them. It's almost 50% of Aaron Rodgers's, you know, passing touchdowns. And you can think Lazard is a solid player, but I don't think we can be penciling him in for, what is that, like 43, 44%? I don't know the percentages, but like 40 plus percent of Rodgers' touchdowns, that's just not something that's going to last throughout the season. So I don't think anyone's going to really buy into Lazard as like a top 20 option where you're going to be able to trade straight up. But kind of like what I was talking about with Ayuk, I think even to a greater extent, this can be used to bridge the gap from like a high-end running back two, 
wide receiver two to jump into that mid-tier wide receiver one, mid-tier running back one territory where you're going from like wide receiver 13, 14, 15, jumping in to get one of those elite ceiling options. Obviously, you're throwing in your own player plus Alan Lazard to kind of bridge that gap, someone who does need depth in their lineup. So just moving off of him, even though I think he can be trusted as a solid start in your lineup, I think you can use him to have a big upgrade at another position because those touchdowns could fall off. And if the touchdowns are falling off, he's probably not someone you love consistently starting, even though right now I do think he is a decent play. So those are my four sell highs heading into week seven. We've got Brian Robinson, Daryl Henderson, Brandon Ayuk, and then Alan Lazard. Like I've said throughout the video, if you guys have any trade ideas, if you drop those down below, I will be getting back to you as soon as I can. Go check out my uh, buy low video. That's also coming out today. And then the waiver wire video is also up if you haven't seen it. Thank you guys for stopping by. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and I will see you guys in the next one.